Well, good morning, Oceanside Sanctuary. Welcome to the first Sunday of Christmas here on Facebook and YouTube for our online gathering together. I hope that your Christmas was good wherever you were able to practice gift giving and expressing your uh, family belonging and your appreciation for each other. I know that a lot of families, including mine, we were not able to gather in the same way that we normally are. And so this Christmas really for us felt like, uh, well, like Christmas during a pandemic year. And so, you know, it was good to see family. It was good to sort of social distance on our back deck and you know, share some food and exchange some gifts, but I know for us, it just wasn't the same. And I know that for many of you, it wasn't the same either. And so today, we're gonna to read out of the lectionary during this season, this Christmas tide and Advent season. We, of course, have been reading from the lectionary every week. And today we have, I think, an exciting opportunity to see how the sort of thing that we practice when we gather as a family for Christmas is reflected right in the passage of scripture that is part of our lectionary reading for today. So I'm gonna ask that you just pray with me first as usual, and then we're gonna jump in to our reading from Galatians chapter four and look through it together. Would you just pray with me? God, we thank you so much for this opportunity for us to gather again for worship across YouTube and Facebook. We pray that you would be with each of us wherever we might be in our corner of North San Diego County or, or, or wherever we might be watching this across the country. We ask that you would really give us a sense of strength and perseverance through this difficult time that we are experiencing as a nation. We pray, Lord, that even though the holidays aren't quite what they normally are, even though uh, things are stressful and it seems at times like our very nation is straining to the breaking point, we ask God that you would reveal to us by your spirit how you are joining us together, even in the midst of hardship, how you're bonding us together and how you are growing our generosity by the Spirit of Christ. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our passage today comes from Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. I want to just read it together with you first, and then as usual, I'm going to point out a few things that I notice about this passage that I think speak to our present moment. Galatians Chapter 4, starting in verse 4, says this. This is, of course, the Apostle Paul writing to the Christians in Galatia, and he says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children." And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. Now, this passage might not seem at first blush like a Christmas passage to you, but the Christmas story is right there in verse 4 when Paul says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son born of a woman. This is, of course, a reference to the Christmas story. Paul doesn't actually speak of Jesus' story very often. He talks about Christ, of course, 
a lot, and Paul's letters are thick with a high Christology, that is a theology of who Christ was, but he doesn't very often refer to the historical events of Jesus's life. So this is really a, uh, an unusual thing for Paul to mention, but here it is, the Christmas story, very, very briefly mentioned right there in verse 4. Now, in our house, we have a Christmas tradition. Uh, probably many of you have this same tradition. It seems to be a common one where on Christmas Eve, our family normally would gather and give just one gift to each other on Christmas Eve. We save, you know, like our big, you know, gift-giving frenzy for Christmas morning. But on Christmas Eve, when our kids were growing up, and all of our kids are grown now, but when they were growing up, we would give each other one gift on Christmas Eve. And there was sort of a family rule that that gift was pajamas. So we would always give each other a set of pajamas every Christmas Eve. And so it sort of wasn't a surprise what everybody was going to get. The surprise was going to be, you know, what crazy patterns or colors were our pajamas going to be this year. Well, I remember a few years ago when our oldest daughter, Savannah, had moved recently down from Santa Cruz where she had gone to college. And she had moved to Los Angeles because uh, right out of college, she had gotten a job in LA. And she ended up living in an apartment with a roommate by the name of Rachel. And Rachel was Savannah's roommate for a couple of years in LA. And Rachel was from out of state. She was from the South and living in Los Angeles and had no family in the Southern California area. So of course, as often happens when you know your kids have wayward friends who can't get back home for the holidays, wherever they might be, Pretty soon, Rachel started coming to our house for Christmas because Savannah would make the trek from Los Angeles and she'd come and join us typically on Christmas Eve and then she'd spend the night, wake up Christmas morning and we'd have Christmas together as a family. Well, one year she brought Rachel and all Rachel knew was that our family always gave pajamas to each other on Christmas Eve. And so we gathered that first Christmas Eve that Rachel joined us and we all had our box, you know, beautifully wrapped that we gave to each other and everybody opened their gifts. And of course, pajamas were inside for everybody. And it turns out that Rachel, even though she was a guest, she brought gifts for everybody too. She brought pajamas. And she gave Janelle and I our two boxes of pajamas and they were surprisingly big boxes. And I remember thinking, wow, this seems like a pretty big box for somebody that we hardly know. And so we opened the boxes up and Rachel was super excited to watch us as we unwrapped the presents. We opened the boxes and inside the boxes weren't just pajamas. Rachel hadn't just bought us regular run-of-the-mill Target-style pajamas. Rachel had bought Janelle and I each full-length, head-to-toe, footy pajamas that were like, you know, really uh, thick and heavy and made out of wool. Well, Janelle and I, of course, tried on the footy pajamas. I think it's the first time I'd worn footy pajamas since I was probably two or three years old. And so those uh, pajamas are, trust me, sitting at the back of my closet somewhere and haven't really been brought out much since. I don't wear the footy pajamas very often for two reasons. Number one, they are incredibly hot. We're in Southern California and these full length, you know, wool footy pajamas that zip all the way up 
are really, really hot no matter what time of year it is here in San Diego. But the second reason, maybe more importantly, I don't wear the footy pajamas is because I don't want to give Janelle an opportunity to take a picture of me and then share that on Facebook or Instagram or something else. Now, the fun thing about that for me, of course, was that Rachel, who was this guest in our house, somehow knew that to take part in our family tradition, she needed to bring a gift, that there was an exchange of gifts that was going to happen that night, and she wanted to be a part of the exchange. And this illustrates part of what is happening in this passage in Galatians chapter 4. Now, we read this passage, and we hear about the Christmas story, and we hear about this notion of being adopted as sons or daughters by God, and we tend to think of a legal process. And there's some truth to that, of course, because adoption is typically a legal process. But what's happening in Galatians 4 is something that follows much more closely to the logic of gift-giving than it follows the logic of the law. And I want to talk a little bit about how I see that logic of gift-giving in this passage and how that reveals to us how we belong to God in a way that is more transcendent than simply a legal transaction. You see, when we give gifts to each other, if you think about what you guys do in your home on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, when we give gifts to each other like pajamas or socks or trinkets or jewelry or whatever it might be, when we're giving each other gifts, we aren't actually giving those things. See, the gift that we're giving to each other is really the spirit behind the gift. When we give somebody else a present or a gift, an act of generosity of some kind, what we're really giving is not that trinket or that product or that object. We're giving them a piece of ourselves. What we're really saying to each other is here, here is a part of me because I trust you and I consider you to be a part of the people that I belong to. In other words, I belong to you and you belong to me. That exchange of gifts is an act of fellowship, an act of family, an act of belonging. And so the gift that's actually being given there is the spirit behind that gift, that spirit of belonging to each other. Another thing that happens with gift giving, and maybe you've noticed this, is that gift giving has a tendency to be a little bit um, contagious. It has a, a habit of growing and including more people. And so, of course, Savannah, when she was coming down to San Diego from Los Angeles to take part in this ritual of gift giving, invited her roommate to come with her because her roommate didn't have a place to belong for Christmas that year. She didn't have the ability to go back and visit her family. And so Savannah included Rachel, and Rachel, in bringing her gifts, included us. And gift-giving has a way of doing that. Not only does it bond us together in relationships of trust based on generosity, but it also has a tendency to grow to include more people in that process of giving. Now, we see the exact same process happening here 
in Galatians chapter 4. And I just want to point it out to you very briefly. If you look back with me, what we see happening in verse 4 is this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, maybe you missed it or maybe you caught it, but there is a gift being given there. When the fullness of time had come, when the end of one era or epoch had come, God gave a gift, the gift of Christ, to the Jewish people. This was God's gift to them, the gift of the Messiah, born under the law. That means under those boundaries, under those divisions, the very practices the very uh, definition of what it meant to be Jewish at that time were the laws that they adhered to. That is, the foods that they ate and the foods that they didn't eat, the festivals that they celebrated, the, the act of circumcision, all of that was the law that defined who the Jews were. Well, God, out of an act of generosity, gives Christ, God's incarnate self in the person of Christ, to them. Then look in verse 5. In order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. That is the giving first and then the including second. You see, what happens in this passage is a, a very brief summary of this exact same process of giving and including and growing the gift. First, God gives the gift to the Jews, and then certain Jews give the gift of Christ to the Gentiles. And by doing that, the Gentiles are included in the people of God and the gift that God gave grows by the Spirit of God. Now, I love the way that Lewis Hyde describes this dynamic of gift giving and growing. Lewis Hyde is here writing about the ancient practice of gift giving and the dynamic involved there. And the, the ancient Near Eastern Jews, in fact, all first century cultures in the ancient Near East would have been steeped in this logic of the gift. And here's how Lewis Hyde describes this working. He says, only when the increase of gifts moves with the gift May the accumulated wealth of our spirit continue to grow among us so that each of us may enter and be revived by a vitality beyond his or her solitary powers. Now, I know that doesn't sound very much like Christian language or biblical language, but what Lewis Hyde is doing is he's describing in almost anthropological terms what exactly it is that's happening between persons and between groups of people when gift exchange is happening between them. What's happening there is that the gift is given and then it moves to the next person or to the next group. And as that happens, as that gift moves from one person or one group to another, the spirit of that gift grows and includes more people and it energizes them beyond their own power to belong. In other words, gift giving, whether it's between humans or between God and humanity, gift giving has the power, the ability to reach out and include more and more people within its reach. So giving then is really an act of belonging. And that is a deep need that we all have. When we come together 
every Christmas and we wake up in the morning and we rush up the stairs or rush down the stairs or wherever our Christmas tree might be and we gather around a coffee table and there's that frenzy of unwrapping presents and people tearing into those boxes and drinking hot chocolate and wearing the pajamas that they got the night before. What's really happening there in the midst of all of that, despite all of its other trappings, what's really happening at the heart of that gathering is that people are saying, we belong to each other. We trust each other. We love each other. We care for each other. That's really what's happening with the Christmas story. God is saying to us, by God's gift through Christ, I love you, I care for you, I belong to you, and you belong to me. And so Christmas, gift-giving, and the coming of Christ into the world is really about reshaping and reformulating our identity. Who are we? Who do we belong to? And the answer to that is we belong to the person who by his great generosity includes us in his family. If you look back with me at verse 6 and 7, we'll see how Paul summarizes this and says, because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. In other words, by this great act of generosity, by the giving of Christ and the re-giving of Christ, we now are sons and daughters fully adopted into the family of God, which is why we can say with Christ, Abba, Father, you are our Father. In other words, we have a brand new identity, and that identity is defined by love and inclusion and belonging that begins with an act of incredible generosity, a gift that overcomes all fears, all concerns, all divisions, all boundaries that keep us at enmity with each other and with God. That that incredible eternal gift overcomes all of that through an act of kindness, an act of trust, an act of faith. In that way, our very identity is defined by the spirit of Christmas, this spirit of giving and belonging that comes from the gift. Everyone now, because of this gift, belongs to the family of God. Not just the Jews, but the Gentiles as well. Because the gift has a tendency to grow, it's now growing to pull in non-Jews with it. And the Spirit then becomes evidence of that fact. Paul says that it's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the gift, the Spirit of belonging that enables us, empowers us to cry out to God and call God our Father. And that means that belonging cannot be controlled or withheld in any way because it's an act of generosity. Because our belonging comes not from a purchase, not as a commodity, not as a form of exchange or commerce, because it's an act of gift, it can't be owned or controlled by anyone. That means that your belonging in the kingdom of God, by God's generosity, cannot be denied to you by anyone. 
because nobody bought it, nobody purchased it, nobody owns it, including you. It's yours and yours forever by God's great generosity. This means, of course, that we in the church cannot control who God includes in God's kingdom by God's generous acts. I love the way that the the theologian Luis Rivera puts this. He says very straightforwardly, God's love and righteousness defy all attempts by religious people to establish policies of separation, exclusion, subordination, and assimilation on human terms that run counter to the gracious terms of God's policy and praxis of redemption, adoption, and hospitality. God's love and righteousness cannot be controlled, cannot be contained, cannot be denied or coerced. So we're left not with terms that we try to define or control according to laws or rules or rituals of any kind, but rather simply continuing acts of love and generosity. Paul says this later in Galatians verse 5. He's sort of summarizing his argument here that our new sense of belonging, our new sense of identity in the kingdom of God is defined by faith and love. In Galatians 5 verse 5, he says this, For through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly await for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, that is the law, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. And that is where generosity comes from. Today, as we move forward into the new year next week, as we look forward to hopefully a better year, a year of hope, My prayer for all of us at the Oceanside Sanctuary is that we would learn to lean into a life of faith and love because that is what matters above all else. That we would learn to lean into a life of generosity that is hospitable, inclusive, and welcoming to all people because we know that belonging in God's kingdom isn't up to us. It's up to the work of the Spirit. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much again for today and for these passages that inspire us and challenge us. I pray, Lord, that as we look to these examples of how you have given yourself graciously and generously and poured out your spirit to welcome all people, that we would do the same, that our reception of that gift by your spirit would overflow and it would be contagious that we would seek to give generously of your spirit to others as we encounter people in our everyday lives and that they would be swept into an experience of your love and your faithfulness. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey everyone, it's Claire Elise here. I just wanna take a minute to let you know about Oceanside Sanctuary's giving campaign. So every year we do a big end of year um, push to encourage donations because that is the that is the funding that helps make our work throughout the year possible. And so this year we are trying to raise $25,000. Um, and I just wanted to tell you a little bit about why I gave to the campaign. 
Um, I donated something extra because I really believe in the work of this church and all of the tangible ways that it's bringing the gospel to life here in Oceanside. I think one of the often cited examples is that we are feeding uh, over 100 people through our food pantry every month. But we're also doing a lot more. We work with the community to advocate for important issues like racial justice. Um, we, we take care of neighbors and friends in need. Um, and I think really just um, try to spread God's love in, in really real ways here in Oceanside. And so, so that's why I gave to the campaign, um, because I just believe that it does so much good here. And so um, if you are able to give, I know this has been a hard year and I know a lot of people have been impacted financially from the pandemic. Um, but if you haven't been impacted and you are able to give, I would just encourage you to think about giving to Oceanside Sanctuary because I have seen so much good work come from the gifts that people have given to this church um, because they then take it out and pour it out into the community. And so I just wanted to share a little bit of that information with you. And, um, and if you feel inspired to give, it's really easy to do so securely online. Just go to oceansidesanctuary.org slash give. Thanks so much. I hope you're having a wonderful end of the year and Happy New Year. Hey, good morning, everybody. My name is CJ. Welcome to the online gathering here at the Oceanside Sanctuary. Uh, I've got a few really important announcements here for you uh, this morning. If you are brand new to the online gatherings, you're new to the Oceanside Sanctuary, we would love to virtually meet you for now and you can go to the oceansidesanctuary.org website backslash contact and you can fill out some contact information there right on the website and our team would love to get in contact with you and love to hear your story a little bit and love to get to know you just a little bit more um, a big thanks to everyone who is part of our 2023 mission listing session um, we've put all that data together and you can see the results uh, up on a brand new section of the website at oceansidesanctuary.org backslash mission dash commitment and you'll get all the results and if you did not have a chance to give your input on the direction and uh, the mission and the vision of this church going into 2023 we would still love to get your feedback and once again you can do it there at the oceansidesanctuary.org backslash mission dash commitment portion of the website and that'll also give you more information about the 2023 mission listening sessions uh, coming up today right after church it's a congregational connection on the old zoom so that's going to happen right after church today december 27th 10 15 a.m um, we certainly miss seeing everyone's faces. So this is a great opportunity to uh, just get together, certainly not in person, but to open up the chat room, to be able to see each other, maybe to talk a little bit about uh, the service this morning, what you got out of it, questions you may have had. Um, get a chance to see each other and just connect via the Zoom. Uh, for more information, you can go to the oceansidesanctuary.org backslash calendar That'll give you some more information if you missed the link that's coming up here. But once again, that's gonna happen this morning, Sunday morning, 10:15 a.m. right after the service. So we would love for you to be part of that. 
And then finally, a brand new book club coming up in January, January 7th to be exact, from 6.30 p.m. till 8.30 p.m. Once again, God bless the Zoom. On the Zoom, everybody. Uh, Love Matters More by Jared Bias is the book and author this time. Biblical scholar and popular podcast host of The Bible for Normal People. There's got to be a few normal people out there watching today. The Bible for Normal People by Jared Bias. It's going to cast a new vision on the Christian life that's built not on certainty, but on the risk of love. For anyone who has ever felt forced to choose between truth and love, acceptance and rightness, this book offers a path forward beyond truth wars and legalistic religion. Sounds amazing. To a love that matters more. So that's going to be exciting. More information on the Oceanside Sanctuary website. Uh, You can RSVP for the book club. Once again, coming up on January 7th. Scheduled from 6.30 p.m. till 8.30 p.m. on the Zoom. The link's going to be there. And that's going to be a great time. Looking forward to seeing you hopefully soon. Continue to stay safe. Continue to stay healthy. We're looking forward to this new year of 2021. So let's finish this last week strong. Once again, happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas and look forward to seeing you soon. No way.